Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob. 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 <laughs> Maluga, Luga, 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 Luga. Why don't I just call you Bob? The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, June 6, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 867 of the Biden-Harris administration, 518 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, also at Trek Politics. And our Patreon page is bobseskashow.com. And sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. You say Buzz You've said it all. I never thought I'd see the day. I never thought I'd see this. Republicans choking on their Chick fil A's. It's Jesus hi, chicken, yeah. yeah. It is. Uh, hi, East Bob, of course. Yeah. I'm Buzz, and, and we're excited about our next big project. We've decided to write a romance novel. <laughs> If they can do it, we can do it, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, I see. I see. Chuck Todd is leaving Meet the Press. Oh. Uh, he didn't want to go, but he said he could see both sides. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I can't, uh, and I can't believe the luck of that Joe Biden. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, he tripped over a sandbag and fell into record jobs numbers. <laughs> We're going to talk about both of those things on the show today, by the way. Of course we are. Hey, uh, Trump's lawyers say they cannot find, they can't find the classified document about Iran that he bragged on tape about having. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, they forgot to look in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of truth to that. Uh, And meanwhile, investigators said Mike Pence won't be charged in his documents case. Uh, that same day, they also decided not to file charges against a wooden chair. <laughs> because he's innocent. so lifelike and exactly. animated. Yeah. And now, besides him, besides Pence, uh, Chris Christie is running for president. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he decided to get into the race when he heard it involves no actual running. <laughs> but that'd be fun to watch that if he's wearing his baseball suit. Yeah. The little cap, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> An eighth grader from Florida. This is amazing. An eighth grader from Florida won this year's spelling bee. Nice. The word was de sanctimonious. (laughs) De sanctimonious. (laughs) And uh, while campaigning in Iowa, uh, Ron DeSantis autographed somebody's Bible. (laughs) That's right. He signed his name inside someone's Bible. Wow. 
and they still haven't been able to put out the fire. All right. Could we be jumping the gun with this a little bit? Maybe. But it's going to happen right after we finish today's show. going to happen. So get ready. T minus five, four, three. Tonight's the night we're going to make it happen. <laughs> make it tonight. Tonight yeah. we'll put his other crimes aside. Mm-hmm. He wow. shagged that gal. He didn't wear protection. Ew. A 30-second pleasure in the night. Double ew. <laughs> You're so excited, and I think I like it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I miss you. I miss you. Oh yeah, yeah. Rocky Mountain Mike, Mary in Ann Arbor. Rocky MNCN Mike on Twitter to follow him. Yes. Oh, my God. Are we doing this prematurely? I don't know. I, I'm no. concerned about this no. all of a sudden. I'm getting an oogie feeling buzz. I'd like, did, did we no. jump the gun? Are we putting the cart in front of the horse, the, the song parody cart in front of the song parody horse? There, there comes a time and a moment where the, uh, the evidence basket gets so full it yeah. can't hold everything anymore, and it bursts. And, and I think we're at that point. Uh, I, I'm with Andrew Weissman, who I think is very wise about these matters. Yeah. Uh, and he says he believes it will be within a matter of days. It could actually happen 30 seconds after we finish the show today. Yeah. That's how soon it could happen. I've also heard it could be a matter of weeks, but that doesn't seem likely. Because usually when you have the meeting of the sort that took place yesterday, Today, that means an indictment is about to drop, and I mean eminently. I mean soon, yeah, like yeah. very soon. Is there any additional information in terms of whether the grand jury met today or maybe it's tomorrow or Thursday or Friday? Do we know when the grand <laughs> so, jury is meeting? Is it? I know it's a secret well, grand jury, and we're not exactly. supposed to know, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't really exist. Actually, no, yeah. it does. <laughs> uh, it, either, because it's secret, I, I don't know. I think that's a lot of it. I think we'll hear more reporting about that in the next couple of days, but I have a hunch they meet on Wednesday, so uh, maybe Wednesday. You know, I, I, yeah. I don't know. It just depends on how quickly Jack Smith wants this all to move and how available the grand jury is with the, what, 30-some people. This phenomenon with our show and breaking news happening right after we finish recording the actual show, thus like giving us... We make- I like to think we make things happen. That's it. You know what? That's exactly the right attitude. That's the <laughs> attitude I need to take on because yes, as yes. soon as I saw that all of this shit was going down with Donald Trump and Jack Smith and the meetings with the attorneys and the right. imminent uh, indictments coming down, I said, God, you know what? Tomorrow's Tuesday. We're doing a show on Tuesday. This is going to happen a couple of seconds right after we finish recording. And everyone was trying to tell me, give me different tips in terms of how to cheat the universe. And you can't cheat the universe. That's the first thing. So if we had... Buzz, if we had delayed today's show, in fact, we're recording extra early today. Right, um, just to try to make it happen sooner. <laughs> that's exactly right. And so if we had delayed the show even by five hours, it still right. would have happened 
after we were finished recording with the show. Exactly. And, exactly. and so uh, I was complaining about that and, and lamenting that on Twitter yesterday. And the great Jeff Tietrich uh, brought up this great uh-huh. point. And in fact, I'm going to start using this as kind of a slogan for the podcast, okay. which is... Can't wait. He tweeted, it's a well-known maxim, the moral arc of the universe bends to thwart the Bob Seska show. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's about right. And uh, you're, you're welcome. Uh. <laughs> yes. And at the same time, I'm not a superstitious guy, but I find myself going... Oh, Jesus, I don't want to piss off the universe. You know, you <laughs> well, just don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad about the universe, but. I think it is a factor we should start considering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I want to talk about the pool flood here in a second. Yeah. But before well, we do, we, we actually have a follow-up to CNN's breaking news story from last week about that yes. Iran invasion document. So before we get to the pool we got to talk about this new development in this story, and that is that this document that Donald Trump was waving around in this uh, July 2022, or no, it was July 2021 meeting. where he's Bragging about having it. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Talking about how he has it. In fact, they described the tape as sounding as though he was waving the paper around. You can hear. Right. It's almost like that uh, Alex, Alex jo- Jones. Alex yeah. Jones thing I do. Yeah. I got the documents right here. Look, look, look at this. I got this uh, invasion of Iran war plans, and uh, I got proof right here. See? Listen. See? That that means there's proof. It would seem so. And further, uh, he made it, you know, we haven't, we don't know where that document is now. That document yes. is now missing. Yes. Uh, and, and, and all of it is very suspicious, but he made it clear on that tape to prosecutors uh, what his intent was. The hardest thing for prosecutors to prove in these types of cases is criminal intent. Uh-huh. And and they have it in spades. This is one of a number of pieces of evidence that Jack Smith has that, that really corner Trump on this particular thing. And we're talking about two potential charges here of, uh, in this documents case. Uh, one is uh, violations of the Espionage Act. Uh, whether or not Jack Smith will pursue that, I don't know. But he has the solid evidence to do so if he wants to, and he can use that threat as a cudgel in dealing with Trump and Trump's lawyers. He also has, and uh, this is never to be underestimated, Bob and I have tried to emphasize this before, uh, obstruction of justice, especially at the federal level, is a very very serious crime. Yeah. You can go to prison for that. Uh, so even if uh, Jack Smith never brings the espionage charges, and and by gosh, don't you all think we should? Uh, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. But you, he's got it. Also got an airtight case of obstruction because he has a timeline developed from interviews with the guy who moved the boxes at Mar-a-Lago uh, and a, a video of that movement. And, uh, you know, there, there's so much evidence now. The evidence is overwhelming. Jack Smith has the airtight case he needs to nail Donald Trump. Trump's lawyers asked for a meeting with Attorney General Merrick Garland because he said this was unfair to yeah. prosecute a former president this way. You know what? They didn't get their meeting with Merrick Garland. They got a meeting with the prosecutor himself, yeah. which is normally how this goes, sure. Jack Smith. And and uh, I, I, I don't think it was a happy meeting for them. Uh, I, I don't think... I think they came out of there knowing. And and what was it, 25 minutes later, Trump was tweeting in all caps, uh, you know, something to the effect they can't do this to me, uh, you know, or why are you, you know. Uh, and so uh, 
obviously, uh, in that 25 minutes, he got a phone call from his lawyers explaining how it went that day with Jack Smith. So uh, he is screwed, blued, and tattooed, as they like to say in Oklahoma. And uh, it'll be interesting to see when the hammer drops. But Mm. legal experts universally agree there's a solid case here, and they nearly universally agree that we're within days of it happening. Yeah, in fact, I have audio of Donald Trump's immediate reaction after his attorneys met at the DOJ yesterday. Today. He just yeah, he just screamed out. You can't let that happen to me. <laughs> That's, That's what he said. That's actually right. what he said on Truth Central. Truth, Truth Central. Back to this Iran document. There's a couple things that I want to mention as far as this goes, and one I want to get your speculation in terms of what he may have done with this document. Mm-hmm. Oh man! But the main thing I think is how we frame this particular angle of the Mar-a-Lago documents story writ large. And we have to make sure, because we're talking about national security documents. We're talking about a foreign invasion document, a war plan here. Yes. Which could very easily get our overseas military and diplomatic personnel in trouble, if not killed. And it exposes our our possible plans for any number of countries, not just Iran. Exactly right. So what we have to do is make sure we frame this not just in terms of, oh, Trump's in trouble now, but also in terms of, oh, my God, he endangered American national security by retaining this document, by waving it around, by showing it to people, potentially. Um, Where did this document go? Did it fall into the wrong hands? Did he give it away as as a gift? Did he sell it? What happened to this thing? Did Did he crumble it up and throw it away? Did it have anything to do with Jared's billions from the Saudis? Yeah, uh, did, did someone to wonder? Did someone steal it out of his office? Well, as I suggested in the monologue, I suspect that document is in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, uh, yeah. one way or another, for one reason or another. But the the strongest indication is uh, the billions that Jared got. I again want to remind everyone that Jack Smith is also looking into the Trump organization's finances and business dealings mm-hmm. because he wants to tie this all together. He wants proof that if, if it exists, that, that Trump in, in effect sold these documents or traded them for something. Uh, it's a serious violation even if it's given away. And the point I think you just made, and, and this is worth underscoring, Bob, is that as progressives, really it's our responsibility to celebrate quietly among ourselves, but publicly we all as progressives need to be talking about what a serious dangerous violation of national security this is. Yeah, yeah. We let too many of these pitches sail on by without taking a swing at them, and I think we need to start doing that more often. I think we will. I think yeah. we, I think, I think the, the, the batter's <laughs> warming up now, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously the thrust of these things centers around Donald Trump's incompetence, his recklessness, his selfishness, his lust for power, and that's one other than side that, of it. Yeah. Other than that, he's a great guy. But, you know. <laughs> That's right. And so, uh, but also, there's no reason why we can't turn this into salient attacks against Donald Trump's patriotism. I think that is something that the left needs to do more often because for, uh, God, 20 plus years now, the Republicans have more or less branded the notion of American patriotism, and we've made strides in terms of ripping that back and, and, and making that a universal idea in the United States again, rather than something that's exclusive to a political party. 
but I think there's more territory to cover. Reclaiming that idea, and also not just reclaiming that idea, but reversing it and making sure that the Republicans who support this guy, who support this guy who's so reckless with national security secrets that he's just, he's walking away with them, he's stealing them, he's potentially selling them or letting them get stolen or what have you. And we need to make sure that we frame that the right way. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know that Red Hats will ever buy that. I think Red Hats may always see it as, well, you just wanted to persecute Donald Trump. Yeah, But uh, Bob's still right. We still have to remind people and record it for history and let it not be forgotten uh, the serious, serious threat this Republican uh, imposed on the nation and uh, with the support of a lot of other Republicans. And and, other, and I, I said this from very early in the Trump administration, it is the Trump-Publican party. And I wish we would all use that term and, and, and make it stick. They chose Trump. Make them wear it. Yeah. No matter what, if he goes to prison, I still want them to be the Trump-Publican party. I want it never to be forgotten uh, the support they gave to the things he did. Yes, yes. Part of this process, I think, has to be ultimately the destruction of the Republican Party. The Republican Party, as it exists right now, needs to go away. And they're doing a fine job of it themselves. On on their own, exactly. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. There is so much division among Republicans in the halls of Congress, in, in, for that matter, in the streets. Uh, uh, That's one of their problems, the division within uh, their own party. Uh, The other problem is their lack of any good candidates and the fact that they're a distant frontrunner is uh, is an accused felon and uh, about to be uh, twice accused, a, a double accused felon uh, soon enough, uh, and and maybe triple of the way things are going. I understand there's a grand jury now in Florida on, on Trump, and we don't know because it's secret. We don't know what it's doing, uh, but uh, let it be known that the grand jury in Washington uh, and the grand jury in Florida are allowed, even though they're secret, are allowed to share information with each other. So, uh, yeah, so uh, it, it, the investigation expands in that sense. They, they Their front runner uh, could very well uh, be an ankle bracelet at a minimum or behind bars at, at a maximum. And behind bars at a maximum is where I'd like to see him. But, uh, it, they, you know, he the, he could go away. And their second choice is... DeSantis, you know, I mean, this is a this is a party in trouble. And so uh, while it may never have seemed realistic before to believe that this is a time to end the Republican Party, I want to add to that that they've never been more vulnerable. They've never been more ripe for being ended uh, if if there is a time to crush them into little pieces like an aspirin uh, this is this is that this is that time they're no longer about policy positions anymore right it's all about uh identity it's strange to say this but it's really become about identity politics they've attached themselves to to crime and hatred uh i don't use the phrase both parties very often but i do think both parties are about identity politics now i think i think we have our own identity on on the but it's an identity i can be proud of it's an identity that is not full of hate and and corruption uh, like there's a so the difference is uh, they're the bad guys. Uh, the, yeah. the difference is we must defeat them. Uh, we are both uh, parties of identity, but they're crazy and dangerous <laughs> and must be defeated.
Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think where the difference comes in between uh, how the Democrats operate with identity politics and Republicans operate with identity right. politics is it's Republican leadership that's basing their elections, basing their messaging all around identity politics. On the left, on the Democratic side, you don't hear Joe Biden often talking about identity politics. Democratic leadership is more focused toward confronting particular issues like the economy and the climate crisis and things like that. It's not about... They're not necessarily right. getting into yeah. the weeds of the culture right. war. That's something that's happening, you know, on Twitter, on social media, among activists in particular. And that's true. But it's not driving the infrastructure of the Democratic Party establishment, if that makes any and, sense. And and we need to keep our focus on policy. Yeah. Meanwhile, however, they're kicking our ass with identity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and meanwhile, true. they're kicking our ass with the sky is green. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, we, we can't let that win mm-hmm. because it's wrong. We can't let hate win. We can't let corruption win. Yeah. And if Republicans win, that what that's what happened. If I may divert for a moment, I sure. I, I posted yesterday a, an update I thought worthwhile that uh, former Harvard professor Cornell West has announced he's running as a, a third-party progressive candidate. Oh, and I, I added to this that this uh, stands to uh, divide r- r- Democratic votes. And yeah. I, I'm not sure that was clear to a lot of people, or maybe I could have said that better. Uh, but a lot of people said, well, he's he's not going to get any traction. It doesn't matter because every time somebody gets into the race, whether it's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or Cornell West uh, on the Democratic ticket, uh, that's one less vote for Joe Biden, which means one more vote for the Republican, yeah. which at this point looks like Donald Trump. Is that what you want? We cannot let this happen this time. Maybe Cornell West won't get a lot of support. Maybe he won't get on the ballot in a number of states. Maybe he can't win electorally. But if he pulls votes from Joe Biden, we're screwed. The Democrats have enough obstacles to overcome as it is with the Republican gerrymandering and the voter suppression. Uh, We've already been handicapped and it's our job to overwhelm the handicap. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and when you add to this third party candidates, you make the job even harder, if not impossible. We we don't need this stuff. Uh, and, And I beg people not to support third-party candidates for exactly yeah. this reason, because a, par- a vote for a third-party candidate is, in the end, a vote for Trump or whoever on the Republican side uh, manages to get there without going to prison. I'm so glad you brought that up, because I have a couple of thoughts about Cornell West, or, for that matter, RFK Jr., Marianne Williamson, right. uh, chaos agents, basically. And right. the first thing is something I commonly mention, which is, stop it with the political tourists, the political hobbyists. You know, if Cornell West wants to make a difference in the Democratic Party or otherwise, if he wants to make a difference in American politics, you don't just suddenly jump to the presidential level. Right. That's insane. That's an attention grab is what that is. No government experience, as smart as he may be. Yeah, it's a vanity project. What you do is you start, you run for state legislature or you run for city council and you work your way up. If you're a serious candidate that's what you do if you really want to make a difference that's how you start you don't just jump right to the presidential level as i said the other thing is he doesn't even need to get any votes 
He right. doesn't need to get one vote. And, I, and again, I'm including uh, RFK Jr. and Marianne Williamson and all of this or whoever other, the No Labels Party or whatever. Right. Oh my all, God. all they need to do is to continue to emphasize the both parties are the same, the lesser of two evils, contrarian horseshit argument mm. in order to suppress voter energy. Uh, To make sure people, to some degree, go, well, what's the point in voting anyway? I'm just going to stay home. Because Cornell West said both sides are equally awful and, you know, this is a futile effort to go out and do this. So why, if everything's the same, why should I even bother? So as a consequence of that, it's not even about Cornell West gaining a vote that would otherwise go for a Democrat. It's about Cornell West or Marianne Williamson or no labels saying, hey, you know what? Your vote doesn't mean anything. Uh, American politics are so fucked up. You're wasting your time anyway. And, and you just decide to stay home. And so that's then, the damage. That's so, the damage so, then, so then our job as progressives who care is to make sure people vote, no matter how lethargic they are, explain to them why they must, beg them uh, bribe them, whatever you know. Yeah. Like to bribe them, but you you could you could <laughs> no, you don't you want to do that. A, but yeah, you could get them a donut or something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that would yeah. work. I don't think there's uh, any law against uh, that. So, uh, but our two jobs are a make sure everybody votes and uh. b. Uh, make sure nobody votes for a third-party candidate. We have to talk these people down. We have to talk down the people who say there's no point in voting. Good point, Bob. And we have to talk down the people who support these third-party candidates because uh, not voting is a vote for the Republican. Voting third party is a vote for the Republican. These are the messages that uh, all of us need to carry forward from this day, from this point. Yeah, you know what? I look back at our history, and I'm speaking specifically of the history of the last 50 years or so, and I think about in terms of um, the demystification of the presidency to the point where there are so many people who don't even realize what they're asking for when they look to a rank amateur as a possible candidate for president or as a legitimate candidate for president, irrespective, because Donald Trump, as ridiculous as he was, was a legitimate candidate for president. I mean, he actually filed the paperwork. He got the signatures and and started running and and became president. Yeah, but it was only because so many American voters lost sight of what is required to actually be president of the United States. And they started to think, well, this is a bullshit office that anyone can do. So it doesn't matter. We'll just choose this uh, B-level celebrity or or that person who writes books or that, you know, that other son of a former politician. And and it becomes about political tourists and hobbyists and celebrity, you know, kind of stunt casting candidates. And that's the wrong way to go. That's how we got Donald Trump and all the mess that has uh, occurred because of that. Because Four people, years are, yeah, because people are, well, yeah, what does it matter? It's the presidency. It's not that big a deal. Be, he can do because, that. The guy from because, Celebrity Apprentice can do that. Because it was four years that created 40 years worth of cleanup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the lesson. And it seems as though every time someone like RFK Jr. or Marianne Williamson steps onto the stage or this no labels nonsense. 
everyone goes, ah, that's interesting. Hmm, let's see what they're all about and let's take them seriously, even though we should not be taking them seriously because what they are doing is they are scamming you. I used to I yeah. used to work for a guy or with a guy who believed it doesn't make any difference who's president. The <laughs> president can't really do anything anyway. Sure, yeah. uh, oh, my God. We're going to spend 40 years to clean up four years of Trump. Yeah, it does make a difference who's president. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, just look at what happened with COVID. It doesn't make any difference. Who, holy shit. A million dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And a significant portion of those dead Americans are a direct consequence of their having been a political tourist running for president and becoming president through a massive fluke of the electoral college. Yeah. All of those dead Americans. It's staggering. It's just, and that's one of those things that we need to continuously emphasize. You get one of these rank amateurs who may have all kinds of na name recognition, who right. may have done a show uh, and had casinos and, 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 and it was said, a businessman, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Businessman said things in the news. We so therefore a in there, yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? wrong buzz right i have i have that same concern about ron DeSantis, and i had to have a hard time saying with a straight face that he would be the front runner if trump were out of the way but uh, even with this guy uh, there's a chance that many americans will say well he's the young guy we need a younger guy in there that's what we need <laughs> last time it was we need a businessman this time it was oh we need a younger guy it, it this scenario could happen especially if the things happen to Trump that we think are going to happen to Trump. Yeah, yeah. I feel as though it, part of our job now is to remind voters what the basics of being president is all about. What you have right. to do, how you have to be, how you have to comport yourself, the experience you need to get to that place to be essentially what is still the leader of the free world. You don't choose the leader of the free world because that person happens to be young or right. that person happens to have run a business. That doesn't right. mean anything. Donald Trump's business record is dismal. Just look yeah, at what's we, happened to the Trump organization in recent in months. Yeah, we were misled on that. And the, the press and specifically the New York press had a lot to do yeah. with making him into a bigger deal than he was. But the truth is, if you go to New York, he's widely hated there. Yeah, he is. And that's one of those things that uh, constantly surprises the rest of the country. Like, because right. those of us who live on the East Coast, we know, we watch the headlines. We saw all of the, uh, the publicity stunts and the bullshit that Donald Trump has been pulling for the last 40 years, for God's Carnival sake. Carnival Barker stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And these people are all like, hey, who's this, uh, who's this chap who's coming down the escalator? He looks interesting and fresh. No, no, you don't get it. He's got a rap sheet a mile long. We all know what he's all about. It's weird that they're not picking up on that. Or maybe they are and they don't care. I don't know. There's lots of debate about that. And speaking of him, we still have to talk about the pool flood and uh, determine between the two of us, because what we say matters here on the show. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it affects what happens right after the show. <laughs> exactly you know? right. And so we have to determine whether or not that was an accident or if it was intentional. And I think you can kind of predict where we're going to go with that. Such a yeah. responsibility we have. Plus, uh, the Republican book-banning Bible backlash. My alliteration is intentional. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Talk about that. Plus, uh, huge job numbers. Once again, Dark Brandon coming out triumphant. How many times does that need to happen before people start to go, hey, you know what? He's a pretty good president. Yeah, I, I think, I'm not Pretty sure they record. still notice. Yeah. I, I don't think they still noticed. Yeah. 
plus, we got to talk about Ron DeSantis shipping more migrants off to oh uh, uh, different places around the country. This time, California and the punk. backlash because of that. Plus, uh, <laughs> I have this tape, Buzz, of Trump's weird rant about Ron DeSantis's name. <laughs> okay. All right. I look Where, forward to that. Yeah. He coined a new word. I'm saying Donald Trump coined a new word in the process. Oh, I love of, it when he creates new words. Yes. Yeah. And that word is syllabolic. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a second, too, and a whole lot more. But if you're only listening to the free portion of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're getting your podcasts, you're only hearing the first hour plus of the show. I'm saying, Usually I used to say uh, the first hour. That was when the show right. was an hour. But now we're going much, much longer. But there's an additional 20 minutes of show. As though our you know hour and 15, hour and 20 minute show isn't enough, there's an extra 20 minutes of show after the end credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday podcast. And it's all happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast at patreon.com slash show or simply bobseskashow.com. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. The Shadow Dockets drop every Tuesday and Thursday, as I said, right after the free shows, and it's only going to cost you $5 per month. Plus, you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast. So don't miss out. bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends via email or social media, and we thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Dancing like Molly Ringwald in Breakfast Club. This is the great Dream Kid and a track called America. I love this guy. I think uh, the great Freak Bass introduced Dream Kid to the show, so he submitted. And now we have some of this great throwback 80s synth pop. I guess that's what it is. I just, I love it so much. I love, I love, I love the fact that this kind of music is making a comeback. Nice. Once again, this is a Dream Kid and a track called America. Just go to this episode at bobseska.com. 
It's dated 6623. I'm going to be listening. Yeah. I'm going to be listening. I'll be. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, <laughs> just click that link. Scroll on down, and you'll find the links for all the independent music here on the show. You would think I would have learned where the plug ends by now, but I have not. <laughs> I almost forgot myself, so. I uh, I will be listening to the music show throughout this week. I'll be away from the show next week because, you know, as a Floridian, uh, naturally I'm vacationing in Kansas. Oh, that's right. You're not going to be here next that's right. week. Oh. That's, that's right. Oh, I'm man. Going back to, well, I'm, I'll be back. Well, if the only the way they're going to indict Trump is if I go away. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the plan. That's when it'll happen, of course. Uh, but I'm, I'm going back to see some old friends. Uh, I'm dreading it in a way because, you know, Kansas packed with tourists this time of year. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm busily trying to track down imposter buzz for next Tuesday. I'll find <laughs> yes. someone. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but we'll have uh, someone you know, else sitting here. You know here who my favorite year. is, right? Yeah. I, I think I do. I think I do. There are many, <laughs> many options, myriad options. There are. For Thankfully, that. there are, yes. And, and by the uh, way, speaking of uh, co-hosts, I, uh-huh. I, uh, I flew solo for the first time in years yeah. on the after party on Friday. And you know what, Buzz? What? I had a blast. I, I, had I, I believe it. By yeah, Bob, Bob plays best by himself. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Which is what I do all day anyway. I mean, I might as well record it once in a while. Um, I, yeah, but you could. you And you did it for a while. You could talk for an hour by yourself with uh, without any help. I I and was astonished. I talked <laughs> continuously. There was, I played a 30-second clip of Donald Trump, and that was the only time I wasn't talking. I could, so, I, could, I could stay silent throughout the entire Tuesday show. Uh, and it would be fine, but I refuse to let that happen. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's entirely possible. I, I was just—I got to the end of it, and I was both uh, excited that uh-huh. I, oh, it was so much fun. It was great. I, I love doing this by myself every once in a while, and then also at the same time, I was like, "Holy shit!" I just talked yeah. continuously for yeah. oh, no. more than an uh, hour, and how it, how yeah. did I do? <laughs> How did I do that? What's wrong with me? Yeah, you don't need any of us. It's great that you have us, and I think we all augment the show uh, in some way or another. We all bring something to the table, but uh, but but you're the you're the motor, you're the machine that drives this thing. Some people would say I'm endowed with the gift of gab. Uh, yeah, well, I have yeah. a French kiss to the Blarney Stone, so to speak. Just a big, <laughs> deep tongue kiss with the Blarney Stone. Ouch. You know that legend. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, and that's a. Suddenly, I'm regretting that gross image. I apologize. <laughs> Me making out with a rock. We're gonna have to sanitize that in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the pool, the pool at Mar-a-Lago. Who had the pool in the pool? That's the question. Yeah. In the, yeah, in the betting pool, who had the swimming pool? So they've got what, like a server room at Mar-a-Lago, and uh-huh. the story is that <laughs> the pool system flooded just a, a, that room. A, a worker uh, drained the pool at okay. Mar-a-Lago, as we typically do in June in Florida. All right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. No. 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 We don't do that. In fact, there's a danger that when you do that, the earth will collapse inward, uh, destroying the pool. What? Wait. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the weight of the earth can can knock down the wall. It's the water that holds the damn thing up. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the force of the the weight of the water against the weight of the soil. I didn't know that, Mister Wizard. 
in between a powerful layer of concrete that may or may not be powerful enough. At any rate, uh, they so a guy drains the pool, and apparently the drain is connected to the storeroom at, at uh, Mar-a-Lago, where the servers are kept, and uh, uh, records the servers include uh, video footage. Uh, the security video is, is was on those servers. Uh, I think if they just put a lot of rice in the room, it's going to be okay. <laughs> It's like people do with their iPhones when they right, their iPhones right, go in the washing machine. Back the truck up, fill it with rice. Yeah, that never works, by the way. I know people who have done that with zero success. I think that's an urban and legend. it makes the rice taste funny. <laughs> but yeah, this was one of those situations where your immediate reaction is, well, that was intentional. I mean, who doesn't think it's intentional? Of course, of course it's intentional. It was one of those things where... How can we destroy these servers? How can we destroy this security camera footage without actually destroying evidence in this investigation? Yeah, whoops! That's how. (laughs) They just, oh my God, we're draining the pool in June. Is that, is Uh it, was it really in June? Is that when they did it? Oh, I, you know what? I don't know. Okay. Maybe it was, you know, it was maybe it was October, but uh, we don't drain our pools at any time of year in Florida unless there's something horribly wrong with them and we need to start with fresh water. I guess the security camera footage was destroyed if it was on those servers. I mean, has there been what? What what already isn't in possession of Jack Smith, uh, whether or not it's destroyed, I don't know. It's entirely possible that this data is recoverable, and believe me, prosecutors will try, because we aren't the only ones who are suspicious of this accident with the pool this was no this was no swimming accident uh we we're not the only ones prosecutors are also very suspicious of this pool drainage incident that soaked the servers in the basement at mar-a-lago it's just it it, it, donald trump has never been about coincidence yeah Uh, yeah it, it, it's it's obvious to even the dumbest among us, I think, that, yeah, yeah, he, he, he flooded those servers. Uh, whether or not that data is lost, I don't know. Uh, believe me, they will try to recover it, and they might. Well, this is a guy who thinks that Hillary Clinton literally put her email server in acid wash, in acid like you do with blue jeans in the 1980s. Right, right. Well, it's all the rage. It's yeah, fashion, yeah, yeah. No, that's not how that particular thing works. And so he may have thought, well, if we flood the room, it'll damage the computers and they can't get... Well, the thing is, I don't think water damages a hard, hard drive. drive. Right. I right. think or- data is still accessible off of a, a hard drive that has been e- in water. E- even a digital drive can be yeah. dried out, and uh, there's no. It may work, it may not, but it may also be restored to work. So uh, it's too early to say, but it's clearly uh, suspicious is an understatement to describe this accidental flooding of the basement. The, wait, wait, let me get this straight. The drain from the pool is connected to the server room. Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't know if they've got the FBI working on this. Because I would find out, well, how, do, how did that happen? Well, it'll find, we'll find out because I don't know which agents are looking. I, it could very well and is probably FBI agents are looking into it on behalf of the Justice Department. But uh, Justice Department investigators are keenly focused on this swimming pool accident. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll learn a lot more uh, when these indictments are handed down. And I right. use the word when intentionally. Yeah. 
That's I, fair. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's you know, if anybody at this point doubts that there will be indictments, they're just flat wrong. Yeah, uh, it's it's what the what the discussion is really about now is when uh, it won't be long one way or the other, and it, it could be in minutes, it could be in days. We don't know. Now, I will say the "don't get happy" side of me is saying, ah, "Shut up! <laughs> don't tempt fate." Because we've been down this road before. We were down this road with uh, know, Robert Mueller. The, and yeah, in the football, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone remembers uh, Patrick Fitzgerald and that investigation with, uh, I mean, that got Scooter Libby for sure. Right. But we all thought that uh, Carl Rove and uh, Dick Cheney were also going to go down in that uh, particular investigation. I, I remember talking about Fitzmas, you know, like, right. oh, Christmas presents from Patrick Fitzgerald coming soon. And we were all kind of banking on that because we all assumed that there was evidence uh, leading to what was obvious, which was guilt. Uh, and in this case, something could fall through the cracks. I just want to qualify this a little bit, though I still believe and objectively so, that there will be indictments in this. I trust people like Andrew Weissman and other experts, Allison right, Gill, yeah, yeah, who all believe, uh, people who've been following this for a long, long time, who believe that this is a matter of when and not if. So there, are still, there are still skeptics out there, and I, as always, and do still understand where they're coming from. I understand why they feel the way they will. Yeah. But I will also say there are fewer of them now yeah. and fewer skeptics of uh, Donald Trump's indictment every day. And now what I'm hearing, I spoke to a Democrat friend yesterday who said, uh, yeah, they'll indict him, but uh, nothing will ever happen. Ah! He, won't, he, won't, he, won't go to, he won't go to prison. He'll uh -huh. get like an ankle bracelet or something, and that'll be the end of it. To get, he'll get probation. You know, I don't know. This is Trump is one of the most devastating things to happen to the U.S. government since the Civil War, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that he's done more damage than uh, anything since the Civil War, and uh, I just don't. I don't think any. I don't think prosecutors, especially the ones who are in office right now. I don't think they're of a, of a mood to let that slide, uh, as maybe we did in the past. I see a real intent here, and I also see a basket full of irrefutable, uh, signed, sealed, and delivered evidence. Mm -hmm. This is this is an airtight case at this point. This is a can't lose. I, I've heard legal experts say, and I subscribe to this theory as well, this isn't just an indictment that we're about to see. It's an indictment plus conviction. There's going yeah. to be, uh, legal experts are saying there's not only going to be an indictment, there will be a conviction. Uh, what the punishment will be and how um, uh, the nation handles this situation of having a, a seriously indicted uh, presidential candidate remains to be seen. And and I, I laugh, laugh, laugh at all the people on Twitter who know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I, I know the future. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what's going to happen. And it's based on what they've seen happen in the past. But I don't think you do know what's going to happen. I don't. You don't. I think the main thing we all need to bear in mind is that this is historic. This is yes. a huge deal. Federal indictments against an ex-president has never happened before. 
And it's and, not a good thing. Yeah. So I understand the uh, desire to celebrate, but this is sad and serious. Yes, absolutely. Both of those things. And so I, I think everyone's got their expectations calibrated to an extent. I think we all recognize uh, the fact yeah. that yeah. if he is convicted, he will appeal and that will go potentially all the way to the Supreme Court, depending on how the appeals court views uh, the conviction. So uh, in that regard, that's a possibility. Anything's a possibility, but there's nothing wrong, especially in these dark times. There's nothing wrong with maintaining some hope and optimism. Right. And that's so important. Uh, And to harsh that mellow is not just idle trolling on Twitter, it can actually have an effect and a negative effect. I think what we need to do sometimes is embrace the notion that the good guys will win occasionally. And this may be one of those occasions. Yeah. (laughs) And I have, I have no trouble with that kind of attitude. In fact, I would strongly encourage it that we, we maintain hope and optimism until there's a reason to not maintain hope and optimism. If he's suddenly not indicted and he doesn't go to print, he's not prosecuted and convicted, then we move on. Right. And that's how we always do these things. But there's nothing wrong with, uh, there's nothing wrong with embracing the possibility. I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know I'm always about optimism, or yeah. realistic optimism, I like to think. Yeah. Uh, I, I try to base my optimism, and I, I think I do, on facts, uh, not on what I hope will happen. And believe me, it's clear what my hopes are. Uh, but but uh, my I do have a, a, a genuine optimism that's based on genuine truths. Yep, yep. One step at a time in all of this. Let's, you know what, let's get to the indictment. And then let's get to the prosecution. Then let's get to the possible conviction. And we'll do these in stages. We don't need to necessarily jump to, oh, nothing's going to happen, or, oh, this is anticlimactic, or any of that shit. Just take the process as it comes, and I think in that regard, we'll all be healthier for it. It's funny. There is a percentage of the population that sees a dark cloud around every silver lining. Yeah. Uh, they, they, that's how they look at things. And I can post the happiest news ever on Twitter, and someone someone will go, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. always something. It's just they're not entirely pleased, doggone mm-hmm. it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've gotten a little spoiled that way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. All right, well, here's something that we can be excited about. This is something that we can be optimistic about and that we should and absolutely must be optimistic about these things, and we have to telegraph that on our social media platforms, right? And that is gigantic job numbers for May, completely defying expectations, (laughs) a huge fucking deal, because experts were forecasting 190,000 new jobs in May. The report ended up being 399,000 new jobs in May. We've been hearing about recession for a year and a half at least, and it's still being predicted. And what the Fed has been doing with these 10 interest rate hikes over the last 14 months is trying to get these job numbers to slow down, believing that this will stave off a recession that I don't think is actually coming. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, but it, So it's hilarious that despite all these greatly agonized, debated efforts by the Fed to uh, slow inflation, to uh, prevent recession, uh, the jobs just keep growing. As mm-hmm. I've posted a couple of times, it's the economy that will not die. 
Yes, that's absolutely true. And I think a lot of the credit has to go to Joe Biden. I mean, we have success after success after success. Uh, the Republicans may not ever admit to this, and they I say may not. They will not admit to this. They were pantsed at the beginning of the debt ceiling negotiation with right. the State of the Union thing about Social Security. This happened on live national television. The right. rabbit season, duck seasoning of the Republican Party by Joe Biden spontaneously and off right. the cuff. And then it ended with the Republicans getting pantsed. And then in the midst right. of that, we've got continued great jobs numbers, despite what the financial news media and the political news media keep saying and qualifying these numbers with. They keep saying, oh, 399,000 new jobs. Well, that's great amid fears of a recession. Right. And so it's melodrama. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Charlie Pierce wrote a great piece about that in Esquire the other day about qualifying all this great economic news with, oh, God, well, something terrible is right around the corner. There's a monster under your bed. So pay no attention to the jobs report. Whether it's uh, with Donald Trump or the economy or a, a potential war situation, the media likes drama. Drama sells yeah. newspapers, as they used to say. It it sells clicks these days. Yep. And 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 uh, this the advertising that goes with that. Oh, hi Twitter. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, th- this is this is just the, a different sort of world that we live in now. Yes, exactly right. And so we also live in a world where a guy like Rick Santelli from CNBC can uh, and and does advise people about what to do with their money. I mean, right. that's kind of everyone right. on CNBC is all about. Here's where you invest your money and here's where you shouldn't invest your money. Here's right. where the economy is going and here's where it's not going. And what he said right before these jobs numbers were uh, released, I think it was on Friday, he said, well, I personally think we're going to be coming in on the weaker side of things. Where's the sound for that? That was He gets that because it, it was advice. not that way. Yeah, these good, are the experts, right? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, you know, but that's really what it is, I think, yeah. as much as anything. Uh, the media is looking for somebody to say that uh, recession is still possible, and then they turn that into a headline that doesn't really reflect the truth of the meaning of the story. It drives me bananas. To, to see uh, Biden's accomplishments ignored and unappreciated by the American public. Yeah. We have the infrastructure. We have the health care. We, we staved off the, the, the debt crisis. Uh, you know, we protected Social Security I, and so much more. I mean, you've seen the memes that list the hundred-some things that, that Biden has accomplished in yep. his office. But it, for some reason, that just doesn't soak in with people. Well, he's old and dead. Did you hear he fell the other day? Oh, my you know, God. That's, and, that's, and that becomes the focus. Well, that, that proves he's not fit to be president because he fell down. Despite all of the evidence to the contrary, the evidence that he's this obviously doddering old man with cognitive issues, and yet he continuously achieves these great successes. He's continuously pantsing the Republican Party. Right, I mean, not right. just a couple of them. The entire Congressional Republican Caucus. Right. He did it in that State of the Union address, as, exactly. you, as you mentioned. Yeah. He did it in the debt negotiations. He, The more I read, and I shared an article with you about this yesterday, the more I read, the, the smarter I think the man is. Uh, 
uh, his handling of the Republicans during all of this was brilliant. I, I still have a, an ethical problem with dealing with terrorists, with negotiating with hostage takers. But, um, you know, his history is bipartisan, bipartisanism. And, uh, you know, he has his all the experience in Congress. And those things went to work. But he also cleverly cleverly outplayed them in the negotiations. Yeah. They got nothing they wanted. They got some token things. He intentionally gave them some token concessions so that they could at least go back to their people and say, look what we look what we brought. It's a handful of beans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, where we really won the day. Democrats really won the day. In spite of losing a few keys from the keyboard, we really won the day. We, you know, the keyboard still works and we have the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we came out of that in a very strong way. And I think his handling of his genius shows how, and you, you see in uh, situations, I saw a clip with him with a little kid the other day, and it's just, he can roll with the, the punches. Uh, he, he can he can think on his feet. He's quick. His mind is quick. Uh, he may speak slowly because he's trying not to stutter, but his mind is quick and his uh, compassion is there and his accomplishments are there and the American people do not see it. I don't know how to show them. I don't know, you know, how do we grab them by the shoulders and shake them to show them what they've got and to maybe to some degree teach them to appreciate what they've got? Oh, yeah, there's so much irony in the idea that uh, these people are like, oh, my God, Joe Biden's so old. As 96% of the American working population goes to their job that day, right. in large part because of Joe Biden's leadership, in large part because of the legislation that Joe Biden has managed to pass. He has achieved all of these things considering the immense divisiveness of our American politics right now. Right, right. Uh, a Republican Party that filibusters things in the Senate, a Republican Party that has been uh, attempting to investigate him for the uh, duration of this year so far, and, and yet all of these accomplishments continue to I, roll in. I went into this as I did a number of his accomplishments thinking, uh, Joe, let go of the bipartisan because it isn't two legitimate parties anymore. They're nuts. You can't negotiate with them. you got to steamroll them. Yeah. Well, like I said, the more I read, the more I understand, uh, I think he handled it exactly right, and I should sit down and shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think he recognizes the fact that in order to have any achievements, apart from executive orders, which can easily be overturned, but in terms of having lasting achievements— he has to work with the congressional Republicans on some level. Now, what we have learned is that process involves minimal concessions and making sure that his policy achievements aren't overturned in that process. And so this is something that was necessary uh, moving forward. Otherwise, he becomes a lame duck president in his second two years of his first term because, right. well, if there's no negotiating with the Republicans, what can you actually do as far as actual legislation goes? And it's very, very little. All right. So um, all of that being said, I want to talk about here in a few seconds, I want to talk about the Snowden files. We're now reached, we've now reached the 10th anniversary. It's been 10 uh -huh. years since the summer of Snowden, as I like to call it. Right. And uh, that was like a, a game changer for me as far as uh, social media goes, as far as my yeah. <laughs> reputation goes. And so we'll uh, talk about all of that. Plus, uh, oh yeah, you know what? Let's just talk about this right now before we take a break. The Republicans uh, are banning books. And in Utah, they somehow managed right. to get the Bible banned accidentally. 
because uh, it was determined that in this Utah school district that uh, elementary and middle schools uh, can't have this kind of <laughs> vulgarity or violence in their going reading by, materials. Yeah, yeah go, going by the new conservative standards, yeah. uh, they were able to, at least in this one school district, uh, overturn or, or you know get the Bible removed from the library because if you're going to remove the other books for these things, then you have to remove the Bible too. Equal treatment under the law, as it were. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, to, to the very idea of a Bible being banned anywhere in Utah is uh, shocking. There are yeah. similar efforts underway here in Florida. It has become a, a pretty good tactic for fighting in court uh, these book bans. But, yeah, you know what? There is quite a bit of vulgarity and violence in the Bible. I'm just saying. There is. Yeah. There are monsters and wars and, and stonings and. Yeah. yeah, all kinds. Oh, my God, the amount of violence in, I mean, personal violence, like torture. Oh, holy shit. But, like I said, yeah. it has similar efforts already underway in Florida. And I wouldn't be surprised if they appeared, as you said, in other state, red states as well. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Snowden. We'll talk about some other things here in the remaining minutes of our Tuesday, the Tuesday edition of the podcast. Desant Florida declaring war on California. Oh, know. yeah. Uh, Ron DeSantis <laughs> on the woke mind virus. Holy shit, we've got a lot more shows still to come. So. We do. Better get busy. Back after these words. Incoming transmission. Politics. Not good at politics. Surely there are others who are better suited. Trek Politics with Mary L. Trump and Bob Seska. Previously. I love getting to the end of a Star Trek episode. Doesn't matter which series. The ones that make you feel really good with the mm -hmm. conclusion. The denouement comes along and suddenly we're like, oh my God, I, I want to rewind and, and pump that into my veins one more time. We should start a show that's just about this kind of stuff. If you're going to do a show about Star Trek, Mary, I'm so there. I'll I'll change my schedule no, if it. I need to. Let's, yeah. Let's let's talk offline as the cool kids say. Yeah, 100%. Well, you got it. I think we've got something going here. <laughs> and it's worry. an excuse to watch more Star Trek. Come on. Win-win. <laughs> exactly. It's Trek Politics with Mary L. Trump and me, Bob Seska. Discussions about the socio-political and cultural themes and allegories from the Star Trek universe along with interviews with Star Trek actors, crew, and famous fans. Coming June 2023 to your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe for free and tell your friends at Trek Politics on Twitter, at Trek Politics on Instagram. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music.
Bob Bradshaw, right? Yep. Bob? Yeah, that's his name. But what is his name again? Bob. Yeah, it's Bob Bradshaw. And this is a brand new single called Waiting. It's brand new. It's got that new single smell, right? Can you smell it? BobSeska.com. Click on this episode and download the uh, latest single from Bob Bradshaw. Put it in your record collection now. BobSuska.com slash music to submit. That's how you do it. Okay. Let's see what else is going on here. Um, Yeah, let's talk about the Snowden files here for a second. Uh, I don't want to make too big a deal out of this. It's only the 10th anniversary. Is is 10th anniversary even a thing? Do people celebrate? Uh, For this? Is it a big deal? I don't know. I I guess it's worth noting. It's been 10 years since this happened. Can I ask you a question off the top uh, about about this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who do you think did the most damage to national security? Edward Snowden? Donald Trump or Robert Hansen? Oh man, um, a, Donald Trump. A, I would th- I would say it goes yeah. in reverse order of what you mentioned. I would say yeah. tr- Trump, Hansen, Snowden. Gotcha. Yeah, I um, just, I had to know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah, and and look, ultimately, it's always a good thing, and this is kind of how I, I approached the Snowden files uh, ten years ago, and I think those of you who f- have followed my work know that. Oh my God, I was obsessed. I wrote n- nothing but stories and articles about this particular saga that started and, and, on June 6th with Greenwald's first thing. And I, I wrote about it on through into 2014. That's how long it went on. And I think part of your fervor was you were trying to counteract uh, the people who were trying to make a hero out of him. Yes, exactly. Well, it was it was mainly this. It was mainly the awful, cynical agenda-driven journalism that was occurring around it. So there were some things, okay, I get it. The NSA is storing our metadata from our phone calls in case it needs to get a warrant to look at our metadata. Right. And that was, I think, the headline. That was the main thing. But then it mm-hmm. turned into this feeding frenzy where every last PowerPoint slide that Edward Snowden stole became like, holy right. shit, the government is, you know, in our brains, reading our minds. I mean, at one point, Edward Snowden actually said that the government can read our minds. And I thought that was such remarkable. Bullshit. It was bullshit. He and now lives under a government that can. Exactly right. And that's the great irony of all of this. this these are the things that I was observing. And, and this gets back to also the journalism of it, which was framing Edward Snowden as this innocent hero who didn't have an agenda, who was just, he was a whistleblower when in fact he was a leaker. If you're a whistleblower, you go through certain whistleblowing channels that are available to you. If you happen to be a Booz Allen uh, contractor or a government worker, there are a number of different avenues that you can take along those lines. Edward Snowden instead decided, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to abscond with all of these PowerPoint slides from NSA. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flee the country. 
and I'm going to go to Hong Kong. And you know what? There I'm going to be, I don't know, dumb enough to have a, a birthday party at the Russian consulate in Hong Kong. And then it, it was almost as though he was either operating with this assistance or he was co-opted at some point because he was, I mean, useful idiot was right. a phrase that was going around a lot those days. One or the other. Yeah, and that uh, Russia co-opted him either before or after this all occurred. He had a, as I said, he had a pizza birthday party at the Russian consulate, and then he was mm -hmm. flown by WikiLeaks attorneys to Moscow, where he became a welcome guest of Vladimir Putin, represented, yeah, yeah, uh, represented legally by a Russian attorney named Anatoly Kocharina, who is a, at the time, I think he was still an attorney for the FSB, which is the Russian equivalent of the CIA. Right. And so <laughs> that's kind of the thumbnail of, of what happened with Snowden. A and he's still there. He's still he's a welcome a, guest. A, yeah, a citizen now, isn't he? Or is he a is citizen? Just a guest still? Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly what his status is because I just at one point I just stopped covering it because right. And and <laughs> the the personal side of this particular story for me is I gained a lot of new friends in the process. A lot of people uh -huh. seeing the same things I was seeing, which is this is some hinky reporting going on. Right. But also I lost a lot of friends. <laughs> the number of liberals who yeah. were attacking me and that was hard yeah coming after me during that summer uh was hard to take and and they i think they misunderstood also what my position was on all of this i was seeing a lot of bogus journalism going on i was seeing a lot of games of telephone happening where there would be some revelation reported and then step 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 through different other people copying that reporting or you know reinforcing that reporting getting to the end where suddenly it's something entirely different than what it started out to be and that was happening a lot uh -huh. i was seeing a lot of suspicious things like oh my god the gchq uh, the uh, british equivalent to the nsa is deleting my book as i write it that was reported by Luke Harding from The Guardian, who went on to write the book that was the basis for the Oliver Stone Snowden movie. It's like saying, one of my socks is missing. Oh my God, we must, must have a ghost in the house. It's a, it was a huge leap of logic. Well, to me, in, in the simplest possible terms, he, he was a villain, and a lot of people, including the media, were yeah. trying to frame him as a hero. Yeah. There, were, there was a campaign, I would say, uh, to protect Edward Snowden by getting him to be viewed as a hero. Mm. And I think to this day, people are still divided over whether, some people are, at least, and on the, especially on the progressive side, as to whether uh, he was a hero or a villain. Uh, I, I remember, you know, wondering that aloud in my newscasts back in the day. Uh, you know, at first it, it seemed like maybe a good thing. And then uh, the more we learned, uh, especially about the Russian connections, the more obvious it was that he's uh, simply a traitor. God, Buzz, I remember this one story going out. It was written by the editor-in-chief or the managing editor. I forget exactly what his title was. It was a big deal at The Guardian. And he wrote a thing in which... I think it was something like 25 paragraphs in, he said, yeah, the GCHQ was here. And that again, that's the British equivalent of the NSA. They send a bunch of their stooges here to force us to destroy the computers on which we were carrying the Snowden files, our copies of the Snowden files. 
And so the word was from the editor of The Guardian, they destroyed all of our MacBooks with the files on them. And then he included photos of the destroyed MacBooks, allegedly, on his Twitter feed, and they weren't MacBook parts. It was it was very obviously parts from like a Dell computer that was manufactured in 1995. I mean, wow. archaic computer parts. And so that had all kinds of connotations to it and red flags. And, and that was the kind of thing that I was observing and going, okay, we got to be careful with this. Because now in hindsight, 10 years looking back, given all the things that we have seen with Russia and Vladimir Putin, Suddenly, that Snowden Files story drops into a continuum of Russian fuckery that continues on today, obviously, with the invasion and occupation of Ukraine. And I think, to a certain extent, the Putin operation against the West, at least partially or maybe by accident, but I think it started with the Snowden operation. I think that was, in a way... Uh, Vladimir Putin co-opting that story in order to damage alliances in the West. To, and so that, yeah. that could have set, that really could have set off the uh, the entire relationship with uh, Russia and Trump. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, it certainly opened the door for that and uh, it gave uh, Putin a view of the opportunities he had. Right, right. So we're now seeing all that, the timeline of events with Vladimir Putin and this assault on the West taking shape in a serious way. It was, uh, and I always do kind of run through this timeline real quick. 2013 into 2014, it was Edward Snowden and the chaos that that caused for the Obama administration, the chaos that caused in the national security apparatus of the United States and the other Five Eyes countries. Uh, then you had the uh, Sochi Olympics in 2014, followed immediately by the annexation of Crimea by Russia. The very next year, 2015, Donald Trump steps onto the scene and we start to see things like the hacking of the DNC by Russian operations, by Russian operatives. We start to see the Russian government engaged in that sort of thing. We start to see w these Wiki Russian Leaks troll farms. Yeah. yeah, WikiLeaks is then involved. And, you know, then the story goes on. Donald Trump becomes president. We have Brexit. We have Marine Le Pen in, in uh, France and some of these other uh, mm -hmm. uh, European right nations being infiltrated by pro-Trump politicians looking to upend uh, Western alliances and democracy. The attack against NATO, the election of Donald Trump, the disinformation. And then finally, the most recent thing, which is the invasion of Ukraine. And so all of these things together, you can't help but to include the Snowden operation as part of that, as a first step along those lines. And I think it's reasonable to say that that was a thing, whether it was intentional by Vladimir Putin, as I said, or it was something that he piggybacked upon to start this process, to yeah. maybe give it a jump start uh, early There's on. Yeah. There's an interesting distinction here. Uh, Robert Hansen, who's been in the news this week uh, for for selling uh, or trading secrets to, to Russia uh, from within the United States government, he did it in exchange for cash and diamonds. Wow. Uh, Edward Snowden did it for fame and a nice place in Russia. I, I don't, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it still isn't clear what that was all about and yeah. what rewards he has gotten out of it. Well, the other thing, and this is the last thing I want to mention about this and we can move on. Um, the other thing I want to say is the most fascinating thing to observe 
in the wake of the NSA revelations from Edward Snowden and Glenn Greenwald. Mm. We, we, by the way, we know what Glenn Greenwald's all about now. Are we all clear on that? Everyone's <laughs> on the same so. page? Okay. So, And that was one of the things. He was a sacred cow in 2013. He was one of these people mm. where he was an untouchable. He was a, a leader, a thought leader on the left an influencer, whatever. And I said, right. no, nah, he's, you know, he's full of shit. And everyone's like, oh, fuck you, Seska. Mm. Well, here we are. I just want to mention that. Um, the other thing is the amount of spying that is happening to all of us right now on your favorite websites, on your favorite social media platforms is far, far beyond Whatever always, the NSA was doing. I've always said this. Our, our greatest fear, if you're concerned about being watched by Big Brother, uh, be more concerned about being watched by your cousin, Big Business. Um, <laughs> yeah. big, big Business is doing, you know, uh, people, you hear conservatives complain about big government. Yeah. Uh, they should be and don't complain about big business because big business does far more to hurt us financially and in terms of our freedoms than anything the government has or could ever do. Yep. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it, they are the bad guys here, really. And mm -hmm. and the, the sooner we all realize that, the I think the easier it will be to deal with that problem. Yes, 100%. And even at that time, during the reporting of the Snowden files, I was looking at the uh, cookies and trackers that were being put onto people's computers right. by The Guardian. The Intercept was spying on its uh, readers. So it was just like, okay, well, I would much rather have an accountable government than an unaccountable corporate entity. Right. Uh, if they're going to have my stuff, I would much rather have the government because it's the government composed of the American people. That's how democracy works. Um, or it's this corporation that who knows what the hell they're doing with that information. Yeah, so, exactly. uh, yeah, so that was, that was all that. All right, so moving on before we wrap up the show, uh, another, another long one today, I think. Good. Yeah, and, and they say, <laughs> actually, it's more about girth than length, but, you know, what are we going to say? Well, I, I, think, I like to think we bring both. <laughs> and, now, and now this conversation has just gotten weird. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. Ron DeSantis flew Thank you. three yes. dozen migrants from t uh, Texas to Sacramento. It's a flight that was carrying roughly 20 migrants, uh, and it arrived on Monday, and now, as a consequence of this, and I love this angle of the story, Gavin mm. Newsom wants to file kidnapping charges against Florida Brilliant. for doing this, which is Brilliant. an outstanding reaction. This is the kind of shit that you need to do to push back against this, what, it, what I consider to be inhumane and cruel oh, on yeah. every level. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. It's, it's interesting. They were shipped to Sacramento, the state capital, but that's also uh, an agricultural center uh, where many of our vegetables come from. Uh, yeah. It's like the, the asparagus capital and the tomato capital of, of, uh, of the country uh -huh. there in Sacramento. So it's not like there's not work for them there. But, but yeah, this is, yeah, I see this as an act of war between the states. This is, this is DeSantis. Uh, and and you got to understand, uh, DeSantis has accomplished a couple of things. First of all, he get, got the legislature to give him more money to do this kind of crap. Mm -hmm. And they did. Yeah. So he has an even bigger budget for doing this this year than he, while he's running for president than he did before. And uh, also he has the secrecy because despite 
Florida's long history of open books and open records, the open records law here that made us the Sunshine State, despite those things, uh, DeSantis travel expenses, including these, are now secret. They're not accessible by the mm. public. So we don't know how much uh, at a time taxpayer money is being spent on this aggressive maneuver that is a political stunt using people as as political pawns and uh, Gavin Newsom having none of it and a good for him. I, I hope he looks into any number of responses, including kidnapping charges. Likewise, uh, there is a sheriff of the county uh, in San Antonio, Texas, who is also uh, asking the DA, uh, urging the DA there to press criminal charges against Ron DeSantis for the time that he shipped uh, migrants there, uh, which uh, still surprises me that he would send them to a red state uh, because there was the whole Martha's Vineyard thing, and this yeah. was about owning the libs. This was about trolling the governors of democratic states, and in this case, uh, DeSantis has made a direct attack on on Newsom. And in so doing, uh, Florida has made a direct attack on California. Uh, California will handle it. And uh, what DeSantis doesn't know is that uh, uh, California is now the sixth or fifth largest economy on the planet. Uh, yeah. California will crush him. Uh, Gavin Newsom's having none of it. I mean, he's looking at every possibility, including criminal kidnapping charges. And I say go for it. Yeah, uh, it's an exciting thing to observe, and mainly because I think people like Ron DeSantis and, to a certain extent, uh, Greg Abbott and some of the others, deserve some form of comeuppance for this. Because this is so, one of the most cruel things, as I said at the outset, one of the most inhumane things that the Republican Party is doing. These are people who are fleeing to the land of liberty, fleeing right. to the home of the free and the brave right. from torture and genocide death yeah death that is what's going on these are people these are refugees from a war-torn part of central america mm -hmm. and so they're coming here to escape all of that and how do we confront them we treat them as political pawns and then end up sending them home it's i can't even imagine this is the party the republican party claiming to be the party of jesus the party of right. christianity and i don't right. need to step on john fugelsang's toes when it comes no, to this fine. just i think he's fine with this yeah but just go read his twitter feed because He's routinely calling them out for not being Christians yeah. at all. It's nobody. Nobody takes on so-called Christians uh, better than John Fugelsang, especially political Christians. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, nobody. His, his knowledge of the Bible trumps just about anybody's. Right. And uh, uh, so he, he does a wonderful job of handling that aspect for us, and we can all benefit by reading and retweeting what what he does, what yeah, he says. Yeah. They're all about Leviticus, but when it comes to the the teachings of Jesus such as uh, that what you do to the least of my brothers. And they're like, what is right. that? What, who is that guy? What was that? I don't think that's in the Bible. You're shitting me. Well, it is. <laughs> so it's in there. Yeah. It is. It's in there. So are we going to talk about uh, syllabication or syllabolic? Uh, syllab oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> syllabolic uh, or, or syllabolification. There is a syllabolification also. Okay. Yeah. Well, we it was... We, we, sort all that out. Yeah, we'll talk about that on the uh, Shadow Docket uh, right out of the shoot. Uh, meantime, we also want to get to uh, Ron DeSantis' rant about the woke mind virus. Okay, good. Yeah, and uh, let's see what else. We got a 
I'll have some TV notes. Yeah, TV notes. We'll talk about some uh, TV finales, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Uh, plus uh, some Twitter news. Elon still stepping in shit here, uh, <laughs> especially because now Twitter has admitted that Elon was wrong about the Twitter files. Yes. How about this for an Ouroboros of horseshit? Yeah, and Twitter. he had even worse news yeah. this week as well. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Plus, uh, we've got a headline of the week for you, too. And a whole lot more. That's coming up on the Shatter Docket on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com, or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. You go there. I think they're, they're going to be rolling out a new interface on the Patreon page. But for uh-huh. now, when you go there, you want to scroll down, and that's where you'll find the box. When you go to bobseska.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow, you'll find the box. Uh-huh, the box. For the Shatter Docket, the box. Yeah, click on that box where it says $5 uh-huh. a month, the Shatter Docket level. And then you sign up for the Shadow Docket, and within a couple of seconds, you're off and away. You can go and listen to the Shadow Docket, and uh, you can do it on the uh, Patreon app, or you can do it on the website, whatever you choose. Or you can incorporate it into your, uh, you can incorporate the RSS feed into your thing. I don't, I have no idea how that happens. I, you know what? Here, here's all anyone needs to know. Okay. Click that. Click that box. Click the box. Put it in your thing. Click that box. <laughs> All right, that's it. See you on the Shadow Docket. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.